The following audio is from The Springs Church. More information about The Springs Church is available at thesprings.cc. Well, good morning, church. I want to welcome each and every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ. May his grace and his peace be with you this morning. As Kelly said, we are a church that's being transformed in the image of Christ so that anyone can find their way to God. And we do that in three ways. We gather together. In the name of the Father, like we do this morning, to give God praise and glory, and that forms us to be a certain kind of people. We also do that by growing into the likeness of His image. And by the way, one of the ways that we do that is not only through connections groups, we also do that through Sunday morning Bible class. For those of you that have been coming to the adult class on Sunday morning the past several weeks over the summer, I just want to say it's been a treat to hear Uh, our members talk about their faith within their own vocation. And I think it's really important that we share that with one another because we spend about an hour and a half, well, about two hours every Sunday morning here. But most of our lives are spent in the communities that we serve or in the jobs that we have. And so it's been fascinating and forming and informing not not, not only hear these stories, but to to learn to think about how is my vocation, how the things that I spend my time, not only with my family, but in my workspace, in what ways is that participating in God's life? How is my faith interacting with that? What difference does it make in the world? So if you haven't been here on Sunday mornings for a Bible class, it starts at 9.30. Here I think on September 11th in a few weeks, not only will we have an auditorium class, Not only we have classes for youth and children, but we're going to have another adult class that's meeting over here and a women's class that's meeting in this back here. So I want to encourage you, if you have not, uh, if you have not joined us or that hasn't been part of your regular rhythm, please join us on Sunday mornings at 930 for a Bible class. The third way that we, uh, that we carry out our mission here is by going, going in the power of the Spirit. Brett and I, beginning next week, will start a new sermon series that will last through the month of September called Good News, Sharing the Gospel of Christ. We want to talk about ways that not only this community, but you as individuals, how we might think about evangelism and sharing our faith. So be here next week. We'll kick off that sermon series. But this week is our final lesson in our sermon series, The Word of the Lord. It's a sermon series we do every year, and it's a good practice for this church and for us, Brett and I, as we take the the common lectionary, the texts that are being used used by churches throughout the world, instead of Brett and I choosing what text we're going to study, we take these texts and say, God, what, what word do you have for this church? So today we're in Proverbs chapter 25. Verse 6 and 7. And after I finish reading, I'll say the word of the Lord, and it'll give you a chance to respond, thanks be to God. Proverbs 25, 6-7 says this. Do not exalt yourself in the king's presence, and do not claim a place among his great men. It is better for him to say to you, come up here, than for him to humiliate you before his nobles. The word of the Lord. Let's pray. 
Father, as always, we give you thanks for your word. For you have told us that we cannot live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from your mouth. We don't understand how this happens or how this works, but we trust that it does. We trust that our life is dependent on you, that when you created the world, you, you used words and you said, let there be light, and the light responded to your word and obeyed. So God, we pray today, as your rain falls in all the good gifts that you give us, we pray for ears to hear. We pray for hearts that will follow. And we pray that lives that will obey. And God, I ask for the gift of preaching. It's in the name of Jesus, your word to us, we pray. Amen. I love The Office. Anybody an Office fan in here? All right, so we got some fans. I almost feel like I have to yell over the rain. It's like coming down really hard, right? I, all right, he's turning me up. I can hear. Like, most of you are like, no, turn him down. All right. I love The Office. And one of my favorite characters in the sitcom... I feel like I'm in a sitcom right now. <laughs> Someone check the weather. Make sure we don't have to get a, t a tornado warning. It is pouring. Thanks be to God for the rain. Amen. Yeah. Thanks be to God for the rain. One of my favorite, my favorite sitcoms is The Office. And one of my favorite characters in The Office is a character, you might know him, got a picture of him. Dwight Schrute, played by Rain Wilson, ironically played by a guy named Rain. He's an odd character, to say the least, as are most of the characters. He's also a very ambitious character in the sitcom. He's always trying to suck up to his boss or to promote himself above his co-workers. Let's face it, he does so much groveling and so much self-promotion among so many other things that he is a very cringy character. And you're like, well, Ben, that's every character in the office. Well, most characters are pretty cringy. So cringy that you either love him and you just have to laugh because it's so cringy or you hate him and you can't watch it at all. So much so that watch this clip. Okay, okay, fine. fine. Yes, you can come. Yes, as your representative. As my associate. Same thing. Yes, as your representative, as my associate. Same thing. No, it is not. I have been Michael's number two guy for about five years. And we make a great team. We're like one of those classic famous teams. He's like Mozart, and I'm like Mozart's friend. No, I'm like Butch Cassidy. And Michael is like Mozart. You try and hurt Mozart, you're going to get a bullet in your head, courtesy of Butch Cassidy. All right, sorry about the bull in the head thing. That's how cringy he is. Dwight is just a paper salesman for this fictitious company on the show, Dunder Mifflin. 
but he's always trying to promote himself. I don't know if you saw at the end of that clip, it talked about assistant to the regional manager. So in this clip, he says, Michael agrees for him to go off to some uh, event that he's going to. He says, fine, you can come. And he goes, so I can come and be your representative? No, associate, Michael says back to him. Like he's always trying to promote himself to something he isn't, right? Can I be your representative? I'm your representative, right? No, you're just my associate. Well, one of the things that he always does in this, in this show is that they have this play between Dwight Schrute and Michael Scott, who's the, the character uh, that's his boss, and one of the things that always happens is Dwight Schrute is always referring to himself as assistant regional manager. Well, Michael Scott, who is his boss, who's played by Steve Carell, his title is regional manager of Dunner Mifflin. So Dwight Schrute's always like, hey, I'm the assistant regional manager, to which Michael Scott always reminds him, you're assistant to the regional manager. That's always how this joke plays out. And that Dwight is constantly trying to promote himself among his co-workers and jump the chain to promote himself in front of his boss. But he also does this groveling and kind of sucking up to Michael Scott all the time. Right? He promotes himself as we're a great partnership. We're like Mozart and Mozart's friend. Or better, we're like Butch Cassidy and Mozart. And if you mess with Mozart, I'm going to, you know, he says, I'm going to be violent and put a bullet through your head. Which is like this sucking up always to his boss. Like we're so close, we're so tight, I would do anything for this guy. So Proverbs chapter 25 verse 6 says this. Do not exalt yourself in the king's presence. And do not claim a place among his great men. Dwight is obsessed with honor and with power. Which is probably why it makes it funny. He's over the top obsessed with this. He's over the top obsessed with being assistant regional manager. And he's also always trying to promote himself. But he always gets put back in his place. Until one day, if we've got the clip, it can run. Until one day, he gets the call. I, I have been testing you the entire day. Did you know that? Of course. And I'm happy to say that you passed. So effective immediately, I am promoting you. From assistant to the regional manager to assistant regional manager. Michael, I, I don't know. I know, I know, I know, I know. I wouldn't be offering it if I didn't think you could handle it. I can handle it. I know. I can. Okay. So I guess this will just be my office. No, no. Title change only. I'll have Pam send out a memo. No, no. Three-month probationary period. Let's just not tell anybody about this right now. It's just a formality. Absolutely, but not really. I have been testing you <laughs> the entire day. So Proverbs 25, it goes on to say this. It says, all right, it says, Do not exalt yourself in the king's presence, 
and do not claim a place among his great men. It is better for the king to say to you, come up here, than for him to humiliate you before his nobles. What the book of Proverbs, the wisdom of Proverbs is trying to tell us in a very simple way is that it's better that other people recognize you than for you to promote yourself. It is better to be recognized for what you do than for you to try to promote the things that you do. If you can go to the next slide for me. It's better to be recognized than to self-promote. Dwight Schrute spends all his time trying and trying and trying to promote himself to assistant regional manager. And Michael just keeps putting him back in his place. You're the assistant to the regional manager. And in the end, he gets this call, which the funny part about it is that Michael's not really giving him any responsibility or any, it's just a, a name. But it's better to be recognized for what you do than to self-promote. Jesus tells a similar story in Luke chapter 14, beginning of verse 1 and then 7 through 12. It says, this one Sabbath, when Jesus went to eat in the house of a prominent Pharisee, he was being carefully watched. And when he noticed how the guests picked the, the, the places of honor at the table, he told them this parable. When someone invites you to a wedding feast, do not take the place of honor, for a person more distinguished than you uh, may have been invited. If so, the host who invited both of you will come and say to you, give this person your seat. Then, humiliated, you will have to take the least important place. But you, when you're invited, take the lowest place so that when your host comes, he'll say to you, friend, move up to the better place. Then you'll be honored in the presence of all the other guests for all those who exalt themselves will be humbled and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Honor is a big deal in Jesus' day. Honor is a little bit different in our own culture than it was in Jesus' day. But honor is something like this. Honor is the good reputation. This is what it is in Jesus' day, in kind of a Roman Greek culture, even a Jewish culture. Honor is the good opinion of good or powerful people. When good or powerful people think good of you, that's what honor is. So Jesus is saying the same thing as the book of Proverbs, that it's better to be called to a place of honor rather than to promote yourself and risk being shamed or dishonored. This is true in our culture somewhat, but there's a difference. So for example, what's true is that in U.S. culture, we have this notion that if you're in a job or someplace like this, that, you know, there's, there's places of, of hierarchy. But in honor-shame cultures, that exists all over the place. Let me give you an example. So in Uganda, when I lived there, it was a very honor-shame culture. And I would often go to meetings with Ugandans. And before the meeting could get started, one of the things that Ugandans would always have to do was they'd have to choose a chairman of the meeting, a vice chairman of the meeting, a, a, a secretary of the meeting, and a treasurer. 
And half the time, there was no money involved in any of these meetings. I'm like, why are we choosing a treasurer? There's no, there's no money involved. But nevertheless, they had to choose a treasurer. And in my mind, I thought this was like a holdover from British colonialism. Like if you're going to have an official meeting, you better choose all these places, all these titles. But what I came to learn culturally is that in Uganda, people do not feel comfortable in any setting. Any social setting, and all settings are social, people do not feel comfortable until they know their place. People do not feel comfortable speaking or acting until they know where they sit in the social structure. Now, while that's tr that may be true for some of us in our jobs, we kind of understand that within official positions of jobs. Like, hey, that's not my role, that's not my place. I mean, sometimes we feel like we can go talk to our boss, but let me know, I'm not going to go there. This is, we feel that. But there's a different aspect in general culture that's outside of institutions and work. And this is true that in the United States, in kind of Western culture, we don't see humanity as kind of this hierarchy. But we're a very egalitarian society. And what that means is, is that we see all people created equally. And that's a good thing. We don't see, when we walk into a room, we're not necessarily trying to figure out who the king is, who the boss is. So one of the mistakes I would always make, because I thought, yeah, everybody in here, we're all together, and I would go share my idea, and because I spoke first, they assumed I was in charge. But I was assuming that I could speak up and like a meeting that we might have here that you might give me feedback because we're all equal and we're going to share ideas. Do you see the difference? So while we have the little bit of sense of hierarchy in some of our institutions and workplace, in general, we kind of see each other as equals. And that God created all people equal. And let me say this. Here's an observation. When everyone is equal, there becomes this insatiable desire among human beings to separate oneself from the rest of the group through self-promotion. Social media. Anybody on social media in here? Don't incriminate yourself. <laughs> the kids are like, what? Yes, I am. Social media is a fantastic tool. It is a fantastic medium. It is a great place to connect with other people and share things that are going on in our lives. But there is this enormous temptation on social media to self-promote. Anybody seen this before? Now, I know no one in here ever does this. But have you ever, have you ever unfollowed someone? Because you just can't do it anymore. They post about all their accomplishments. Maybe it's about beauty. Maybe it's about talent. Maybe it's about fame. 
And don't get me wrong, it's good to celebrate and to share good things in your life, but there's always that temptation, maybe even that fine line, right? Between self-promotion and just sharing what's going on. Or how many of you ever experienced social media inferiority? What I mean by that, there's probably some official name for that out there and you can come and tell me after the sermon. But how many of you have ever looked at social media and sometimes felt inferior about yourself? You ever done that? My life is not as exciting. I don't have as many accomplishments. And there's this sense that jealousy and envy sets in. And this real temptation then to now self-promote on social media. I wonder, when everyone is equal, and that's a good thing, by the way, but when everyone is equal, then everyone is king, and perhaps social media becomes the king's court where we look to, pr to promote ourselves. But here's the solution, not just for social media, but for all our lives about this idea about self-promotion, is that we need to be honest about who we are and to be humble. The way to overcome and to take the wisdom of the book of Proverbs is not only not to promote yourself, but to wait until someone recognizes you for that accomplishment. But then as you look at yourself, to be honest, to be humble. To be honest that the, the gifts that you might have and the accomplishments that, that there's so many other people that have made that possible for you. That God has given you these gifts. These aren't just yours. And that you're humble about it. Now, many of us look at other people and we think, oh, I'm not that great. And maybe we do need people to encourage us. Maybe we need some self-assurance. Maybe we need to have an, the image of God reinforced in our lives. But there's also a part of us that needs to really be honest with ourselves and not portray stuff to the world in order to promote ourselves, but to be humble. Luke goes on to say in verse 12 through 14, he says this, then Jesus said to his host, when you give a luncheon or a dinner, do not invite your friends, your brothers or sisters, your relatives or your rich neighbors. If you do, they may invite you back and you will be repaid. But when you give a banquet, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind, and you will be blessed. Although they cannot repay you, you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. There is this idea within ancient culture, and it still exists today, it's called reciprocity. You may know it by this phrase that we use, uh, I'll scratch your back, you scratch mine. Have you ever heard that phrase? Like, I'll do something for you, but then there's an obligation that you're going to do something back for me. This is what's happening in this parable, right? When he says, hey, don't invite your friends, your neighbors, the rich people, because the obligation will, they'll pay you back. But go invite the lame, the poor, the blind, the crippled, 
Go invite all of them. They can't pay you back. We do this as well. We do favors for those that can help us later. But we have the temptation to do things just to get recognized in society that will give us benefits as well. Not just so people will do things, but people will recognize us in some way. And recognition is not bad. But Jesus says, when you do something, don't do it just to get recognized by others. Because when you invited the poor and the lame and the crippled, none of those people that mattered on the top necessarily are going to look and go, huh, we really recognize you. What a great thing you're doing. Rather, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, the blind. We don't just do things to self-promote, but we do things because they're part of the kingdom of God. And this is what God does. And these people who have no power to promote you, God says, you'll be blessed when you do these things. They may not have the ability to promote you, but I want you to know this, that if you are doing what is right, and you are doing it for the sake of it, it's just good and right, and it's part of the kingdom of God, God will recognize it, and God will honor you for it. Humble service is not self-promoting. It is better to be recognized for the humble service you do rather than self-promote. And I hope this is a place, and I think it is, where we recognize people who serve. I think it is right for a community of faith to recognize the gifts and talents the accomplishments, the achievements that those of us in this room and collectively we do together. Because when we recognize those things, we're not just recognizing it is something that that person or that group does, but we say, look what God is doing amongst us and look what God is doing through these people and praise be to God. Do you see how now we're worshiping? And we're recognizing. That's good. It is wise to be honest with yourself about who you are and that what you have is from God. That you're humble with that. And when you're honest with yourself, and you're humble and you serve others, God will not only recognize you, He will honor you. Let's stand and sing together.